Welcome to the Center Point Pentecostal Church Podcast. We hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers. If you like this podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's get to today's message. In the book of Genesis, chapter 1, God created light in the darkness. That was on day one. And if you keep reading, you'll notice that on day two, day three, day four and day five, day six, he created a lot of things on this earth. Even the earth was created. And on the seventh day, it said he rested. This whole universe, church, if you read your Bible and you believe your Bible, and if you're here tonight, that's a sign that you believe the word of God. You will notice that this whole earth was spoken, worked on, and put together all within seven days. Seven days. Now, that's a mighty God that we serve tonight. Just in seven days, everything you feel, everything you see, everything you touch was created in seven days. The stars, seven days. The earth, seven days. Your breath, seven days. It just took God seven days. But we're going to read in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. That's going to be our opening verse for tonight. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. You can follow along with me on the board, if you will. It reads, Being convinced of these very things, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the last, until the day's of Jesus Christ. I love the way the message Bible put it put this verse. It says, "There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind where in my mind there has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to flourishing finish on the very day that Jesus Christ Appears, Y'all may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Paul wrote the book of Philippians and Paul was saying here, he is still working on me. He's still working on me. He might be finished with the trees and he might be finished with the birds. He might be finished with the water and even the mountains. And he might be finished with the earth. But when it comes to me, he is not finished with me yet. He is still working on us. Paul was saying everything has a stopping point. And they might have reached their stopping point, but God's people should be a continuously worked on. Their stopping point comes when Jesus Christ comes back for the church. When Jesus Christ comes back for us. I'm going to take this slow for us tonight. 
So just hang in there and bear with me because I feel that God has a word for somebody tonight. If not y'all, he has a word for me and that's why he made me study this. Has anybody ever, ever felt in their walk with God that God was done with you? Have you ever been there? You ever felt that God was done with you? You, Where are you, God? And, and God, why can't I feel you? You must be done with me. Our words shape our attitude, church. Our words have power. You can't live a victorious life with a defeated mouth. You can't live positive with a negative mouth, church. You have got to change your speaking, and in order to change your speaking, you must change your thinking. Paul understood the things around him, how they started and where they stopped. But when it came to him, he said, it might feel like God is done with me, like I don't hear him, like I don't see him, like I don't feel him. But in spite of how I feel, though, in spite of how my life is going, I know without a shadow of a doubt that he is not done with me yet. He is not finished. I am a work in progress. We are a work in progress. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 5 says, Ye also, as a living stone, are built up as spiritual houses and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices according to God by Jesus Christ. We all hear the Bible says we are a living stone and God is building us up to be spiritual houses and he's carving us to be a holy priesthood. He's working on us, church. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5, it says, We are a stone and he is knocking off the things of us so we can be exactly like he wants us. So we can be ready for his coming, the second coming of Christ. He is knocking things off of us so we can be ready for him. God sees how long we've been living for him. He sees how long we've been coming to church and how long we've been trying to do our best to live for him. Let me, let me use somebody as an example. Come up here, my father-in-law, Brother Rodney Wiley. And if you don't mind, Brother Davey, come up here. Hallelujah, Jesus. You see, all of us are a living stone. So this living stone right here, this is us. And God is looking at us, and he's monitoring us, and he's helping us, and he's molding us. And God says, I see how long you've been living for me, but I also see them old friends that you hang out with. And they don't see the reason why you live for me. 
They don't understand the reason why you stop going where you used to go and you stop talking like you used to talk. And they don't see the reason why you gave up a lot of stuff just to live for me. And God says, I'll tell you what I'll do. I see this living stone. I see you living for me, but you have things in your life that God wants to knock away. And God grabs the hammer and he grabs the chisel. Come on, brother. Put it on them. Just don't hurt them because I need them. And God begins to knock on this living stone. And he keeps knocking on this living stone. And he keeps knocking on this living stone till he knocks away them old friends that are hindering you to getting to where God wants you to be. Stay right there. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33, the Bible says that evil company confuses good habits. If you're wondering why you haven't moved closer to God, if you're wondering why you might feel stale in your walk with God, and you're wondering why, God, are you still working on me? Are you still looking at me? Do you still know me? The Bible says that evil company, bad company, stops your good habits. So God keeps knocking. He takes the hammer, and he takes the chisel, and he keeps knocking on this living stone, and he keeps knocking on this living stone until he takes away all your flaws that's stopping you from being ready for his second coming God might see something holding you back from him and that thing could be bitterness bitterness of things in the past of the way people treated you or the things that people didn't do for you it could be a family member or a friend or a co-worker and God begins to knock and he takes the hammer and he takes the chisel and he knocks on the living stone and he knocks on the living stone and God sees this bitterness right here. Come on, brother, knock right here. And God sees this bitterness and he knocks and he knocks and he knocks and he sees this jagged edge that's not supposed to be on you and he keeps knocking and he keeps working and he keeps doing is off of you and that bitterness, that space in your life that was that held bitterness now turns into forgiveness and God says I have you right where I want you I can work with this I can do something with this you are ready for my second coming you are part of the church that I'm going to rapture off because I'm working on you I'm not finished with you yet and I'm going to keep chiseling and I'm going to keep knocking until you are ready for when I come back, thank you, brothers. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Jesus in your name. You see, most preachers, and I've said it before, I said we are in the image of God. But I learned over my years that we are not in the image of God. And I'll prove it to you. We are not in the image of God, but he's trying to get us there, church. In the book of Genesis, God made Adam. He said, I'm going to make man in my own image, in the image of God. Now, that was in the garden. That was where everything was perfect and everything was wonderful. But after they sinned, after sin set in the land, 
the image of God on man's life, on the human race, got diluted. God never got weakened, but the image was. And we begin to, we begin to take on these images that aren't of God, the images that are around us and the images that we fill our lives. And some of those images could be doubt. Doubt, does God even exist? Does his word even matter? Some of those images could be unbelief or hurt or shame, least likely to succeed, not good enough. You ever felt that before? You want to give up. You want to walk away. You're scared to take a chance on God again. You're scared to love again. One of those images could be trust issues. And we adopt those thoughts and we put them in our minds and they become and they come out of our mouths and we speak them into existence. And before we know it, church, we feel like God is finished with us. God is done with us. But that's not true. That's not true for any of us. He is still working on us. He is not done with us yet. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus upon good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We are his handiwork, his workmanship. It's like he's painting. He's painting this portrait of you and I. And he's not done, church. But you can almost see the image of God. And the more you allow him, the more you let him work on you, you begin to look more and more like Jesus. You begin to speak more like Jesus. You begin to act more like Jesus. You begin to love the more of the things like Jesus. You begin to take on the image of God. You're not there yet. But you're getting there, and he's working on us, and, and he doesn't stop. The more he works on us, the more we get ready for his coming, and the painting is done, and there's no more flaws, and there's no more wrinkles because he's working on us, and the painting is finished. I'm going to stress that tonight because I feel why I was studying for this this week. That some of us in here, we feel right now that God is done. That God is finished with us. I can't feel his presence anymore. I pray, but I don't cry. I don't speak in tongues. It's been months since I speak in tongues. And I just don't feel him. I'm lacking in my walk with God. He must be done with me. He must be finished. We've all felt that at one point, more than one point of our lives, if we truly admit it. But God is not done with us. He's not finished with us yet. God is the one who will complete the painting, which means that he is still working on me. My finishing self, your finishing self will be a work of art and God will get the glory for it. No man will get the glory for your finishing self. 
So whether you've been in church for many years or you just got in church this year or you're a guest tonight, Scripture assures us that God is not finished with us yet, church. He, he's the skilled craftsman. He's the creative artist that is chiseling and shaping and painting and sanctifying us and also our family until his work is complete and his work is not completed we might see ourselves and feel that God is done with you or God is overlooking you or there's better people for God to use why would he even use you? He's used you in the past and you feel like you failed at your calling. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't have another calling in your future. Because he's still working on you. He's still developing you for his coming. He's still preparing you for the second coming of Jesus Christ. So he's not done. He's not finished with you. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Because I'm no better than you and you're no better than me. And everybody that is in this church, everybody, God is still working on you. God is still molding you and shaping you and knocking things off of you and getting you ready for his coming. Nobody is left out of the hands of God. It doesn't matter if you've been living for God for 30 years or you just started. It doesn't matter if you've been in church for 30 years and you just now decided to start living for him. God sees you, God knows you, and God is still working on you. It doesn't even matter if you messed up in the past because we've all messed up in the past. If we had our life just strolling right in front of everybody, people would think different of us. But we have secret things in our past that God forgave us for. And God still loves us. And God still works on us. And he doesn't stop. He says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's always working on us, church. Nobody is left out of the hands of God. We are not a finished product of Jesus Christ. We are a work in progress by Jesus Christ. We still have flaws. We still have hiccups. We still have stumbling blocks. But that doesn't mean that God has left us alone. He's still working on us. He's not sleeping on the throne like some might feel. He's still working on us. He, he's still working on us. He's still communicating with us. He's still counseling us. He's still nourishing us. He's still reaching for us. He's still doing a work in you and I tonight as I speak, when you wake up tomorrow morning and you're having a bad day, he's still working on you. When you're struggling at work and everybody is saying this and that and the negativity is flying all over you, he's still working on you. When you lose somebody in your life, he's still working on you. When you feel like your walk with God is not as strong as it needs to be. He's still working on you. 
We are not perfect. Nobody is perfect. Not while we're on this earth. But we have got to allow God to keep working on us so we can be ready for his coming. I can't walk around thinking that God is done with me. I can't let those thoughts just grow in my mind until I speak it, until I start believing it, because it will hinder me. It will hinder my walk with God. Whether God helps me to grow or God's not letting me grow, I, I can't think that I'm stuck with these bad habits, church. Like, this is the best that it's going to get. Or maybe I'll never change. Or maybe this is as good as it's going to get. Is this, is this all that it's cracked up to be? Is this what it's like to live for God? Is this it? We can't have those thoughts running through our minds. We can't allow those things to grow in us because we're going to miss the future that God has planned for us. We're going to miss it, and we're going to miss it by a mile. Don't walk around thinking God is done with you. Don't let your circumstances think, make you think that God is not paying attention to you. He loves you. The Bible says that he is the, you are the apple of his eyes. He says he's coming back for a bride, and nobody loves their bride more than Jesus. So he's coming back for a church without spot or blemish. He's coming back for a church that is constantly in construction, that is constantly getting things knocked off of them, that is constantly letting God knock things off of them. He's coming back for those that are ready. How do you get ready? You let God work on you. You let God work on you, church. Your life is never over. Your life is never done when you have God on your side, when you're living for God. I'll prove to you tonight from the Bible that if you walk around thinking God is done with you, that your whole future changes. The plans he has for you, you don't achieve them. You see, Abraham in the Bible, his name was Abe. But God changed it to Abraham. And Abraham was a mighty and great man of God. And he had a lot of amazing children's, children. And one of those sons that he had was in the bloodline of Christ. And it was Abraham that took the land that God gave him and turned it into the land of Israel. But do you know that Abraham's father was named Terah, and Terah was the one that was actually supposed to take this land. Abraham's father was the one that was actually supposed to take the land of Canaan and turn it into Israel. It was supposed to be Terah and not Abraham, but while Terah was on his way, it's in it's in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 31, I believe. And, and the Bible says that Terah, the father of Abraham, took his family and they began to walk. They began to 
take this journey that God told him to take. And the Bible says he took his family and he began to walk. And I can see Tara right now as he begins to believe in God and God's journey. I could see him saying, God's working on me. God's working on my family. There's blessings in my future. They're just around the corner. If I get sick, God's going to heal me because he got a plan for me. He's still working on me. And they begin to take this journey to the promised land. And the Bible says along the way on their journey from the land called Ur to the land called Canaan, the Bible says that they stopped in Iran. And the very next verse said that Abraham's father died in Iran. You see, his father settled in a place. And when we get settled in God, when we get comfortable where we are and we don't want to grow no more and we don't want to move forward, we begin to die. And we never reach our potential. We never reach the promised land. God never stopped with Terah. Terah stopped with God. He never reached the promised land. He settled right in Iran. And the Bible says he died. He died on his journey to the promised land. But Terah had a son named Abraham that heard the message from God at the beginning and believed in the message of God. And even at the end, he still believed in the message. You see, it wasn't his father that made it to the promised land. It was his son. And it's just like us today. We have a promised land. A destination that we're trying to get to, that we're heading, and it's called heaven, and its builder and maker is God. But we can't stop along the way. We can't get caught up with the things that we are traveling by and traveling to. Abraham understood no matter how many towns he went through, Even if his family stopped, he was going to keep on pressing to the promised land. Even if at the last day, it's just you and nobody else in your family living for God. You got to make it to heaven. You see, when I started living for God, I had four family members. I even had my mom at one point say, After I got baptized, hey, so you're one of those? Now, it's just me. And I see my family struggling. I see them going through so much junk and so much clutter. And it it, it hurts my heart because I know the answer is Jesus. And I can't do nothing for them because they know what they need to do. They know who they need to reach out to. And they're just wandering. They're just settling in the place of Iran. When God says, I need you to get to Canaan. And I need you to name it Israel. But they're settling. 
They're settling, settling, settling for what they got. They're settling for their things and they're settling for their lives and they're getting caught up in this and that and they ended up, they end up dying and drying up and never knocking the things off of their life that God has told them to knock off. And they're going to miss the second coming of the Lord. They're going to miss it. And I pray they don't, but if their lives don't change, if something doesn't happen in their life and you have friends and you have family members that you love and you know if they don't change, if they don't get rid of certain things and they don't realize that you are a work in progress and you're going to fall, but you got to get back up. You're going to mess up, but you got to get back in line. God never stopped, but Terah did. We might say that this is as good as it gets, or this is as good as my family's going to get, or even the doctor gives me a report, I might as well claim that report. Do you know that your mind is stronger than any illness or anything in your body? If you claim in your mind that you are healed or you claim in your mind that whatever is hurting in your body that's better than any medicine the doctor could ever give you if the doctor gives you a bad report and you claim in your mind and you speak it into existence your life is going to be longer than what the doctor says it's been proven over and over. The power of the mind controls the body. Not the body controls the mind. You know, before I knew God, I used to think that, I've said it before, I've always loved magic. I wish I had magic. I'd be like, poof, you're living for God. Poof, you're living for, oh, you got problems? Poof, you're done. I don't want to be God. God has all the power, but it would be nice It'd be nice to walk around and say, oh, I see you struggling. Don't worry. Boom, you changed. But we can't do that. That's God's job. But growing up, I thought, I imagined, I had a weird imagination that I had powers. I guess I watched too many or read too many comics. I don't know. But I used to be allergic to poison ivy real bad. I'm talking about head to toe if I just look at it. I can be miles away from it. I can be driving, riding in the car with the windows up, and I catch it. That's how bad I was, allergic to poison ivy. But over the years, I believe this is how it happened. But over the years, I would tell myself, it would get on my hands. I'd be like, oh, you ain't got poison ivy. It would get on my feet, oh, you ain't got nothing. And over the years, I'm not allergic to it anymore. I believe my mind adopted the fact that poison ivy cannot affect me. And that's what everything in our life. Your mind controls your body. Your mind controls your lifespan. So if you put Jesus in your mind, and if you start believing that he is able to do anything abundantly, above what we ask, then I believe that's what's going to take place. 
I believe he is more than able to meet our needs, but we have to believe it. We have to speak it. But if we're walking around saying, God's done with me, I know he's done with me because look how my life is going. That's what you're going to believe and that's what's going to exist in your life. We get stuck with these bad attitudes and we get stuck with these addictions and our marriage is stuck just like this. And once the kids get older, we'll just go our separate ways. We're just together because of the kids. We're just stuck. We're just settling with these bad habits and we're just settling with these addictions. But that's not true because you're not stuck. I come to tell somebody tonight that God is not finished with you yet. He's not done. But until you believe it, you will never step into what God has for you. You will never conquer the promised land. Your feet will never walk on the streets of gold. You will never have a complete healed body until you believe that you are a work in progress and God is still working on you. He's getting you ready. He's getting the church ready. Tara might have stopped. Tara might have gave up, but he had a son that never did. And he got to the promised land. He understood what he needed to do for God. And he wasn't going to let anything stand in his way. He wasn't going to let anybody convince him. He stopped with his family in Iran. But he decided to keep on going. His whole family might have been in church at the beginning. And they might have stopped in Iran. But he decided to keep going. And his future was brighter. And his future was more freer than his family. We got to keep going in Christ. We got to keep moving forward. We got to understand that he's still working on us. He's not finished. He's not finished working on you. He's not finished with your story. He's not finished with your marriage. He's not finished with your kids or, or your business or your dreams or your relationships. He's not finished yet. If you're breathing, he's still working. I said if you're breathing, God is still working in your life. If you haven't yet got your breakthrough, don't worry. Keep living for them. Your breakthrough's coming. If you're still waiting on a certain prayer, keep living for God. Keep pressing on. Keep moving forward, church. Let him work on you and see what he can do at the end of your last breath. God wants us to know that your story is still being written. This is not your final scene. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 17 and 18 says, But the Lord stood with me. If you got it, if you're in the sound booth, can you put it up there for me? If not, it's all good. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. There it is. It says, Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. This is Paul talking about 
how he was under attack, how he felt like it was all over. He says, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that, that, be, me to, that be me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear. Everybody needs to hear the word. How is that going to take place, Paul? Well, he told us. It's going to take place by us doing the work and getting this message out to a hurting world. So that tells me that God is not done with me yet because there is still a mission for us to do. The mission of Jesus Christ getting to this world, that's the mission. That's the work we got to do as God works on us. And the scripture goes on saying, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. The enemy is going to try you as God works on you. It's going to tell you that God doesn't love you, that God doesn't see you, that you have been living for God for so long. And why are you still living for him? The enemy's going to try us, but God's not done yet. God's not finished with us yet. And verse 18 says, and the Lord shall deliver me. That word delivered in verse 18 in the Greek means continue. So you read it like this, and the Lord shall continue to deliver me, which means he's going to keep doing it over and over and over and over again and just when you think he's done with you sister Ann no 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 he's still working on us he's not finished with us yet and just when you feel like you're not feeling God and you're not where you're supposed to be with God God is still working on us and he's still dealing with us and he's still making and molding us he does it over and over and over again because he still has a plan for you he still has a purpose for you God's not done with you, church. He shall continue to deliver me from the evil works, and I and will preserve me until his heavenly kingdom, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Why don't we stand? He says he will preserve us. He will preserve you. When something is preserved, that, that means it's kept fresh. Like if you preserve fruits or you preserve vegetables in a mason jar, you prepare it and it's fresh. And when you open it, it's still fresh. In other words, when you open it, it is ready. It is ready for the person that opens the jar. God said he will preserve you until he comes again. He will keep you ready. He will keep working on you until he comes again. He will keep ministering to you until he comes again. He will keep encouraging you and moving you alone until he comes again. He will keep you fresh. He will keep you ready. Because God's coming back for a church without any spots or blemishes. you got to let him work on you. 
You got to believe that he is still working on you, that he still has his hand on you, that he didn't depart from you. He's still with you, church. You got to know this. You got to believe it. So don't walk this earth thinking he's done, that he's finished, that he has nothing more to give because God has unlimited love and unlimited blessings and unlimited healing for you and I. He is never done with his church. So if you're struggling tonight, if you're going through something in life right now, if, if you need an answer from God, you ain't got to tell us what it is. But I want you to tell God tonight. I want to open these altars up for the people that are struggling. And I'll be the first one down there so it doesn't seem odd with one or two persons walking down here. But don't worry about what your neighbor's thinking. It's time to let God know that you can work on me. You can do whatever you want, God. You saw me struggle. You know how long I've been living for me, for you. You know how much I lack, God. But I can't get to where you want me to get unless you keep working on me. And I have to believe that you are not finished with me yet. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Centerpoint Pentecostal Church, or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless, and we hope to see you on the next episode.